listening to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board-certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Bradley, my friend. Hi, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing this gorgeous day? I'm doing excellent. Good, good, good. Well, uh, welcome and thanks for coming on and sharing your your story, uh, amazing as it is. And from someone who suffered from eczema for years, uh, not quite as bad as yours though. And uh, but I did take steroids on and off for years. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on and share share your uh, journey. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on this show. I'm just honored to be on your show and to talk well, with you. Well, thank you. And I, you know, I've, I've met such amazing people through these podcasts and the beauty is, you know, we're, we all have something important to share and, uh, I've been enjoying listening to your music. Uh, I'm, I'm always a wannabe uh, musician and I'm working on it myself, but, uh, I've learned to play the guitar a little bit and learned to, my daughter used to say, dad, you can't sing. And then I took singing lessons and said, wow, dad, you can sing. Uh, but uh, I, I'm a physician, and that's my mainstay of work. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, your your background, and how you got into this crazy carnival world. Yeah, so I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and uh, how I got into the carnival diet was really I've just had eczema my whole life. So the moment I was born, my mum told me that my skin was just covered in rashes and wow. right through my high school and childhood primary experience in Australia, we call it primary. Uh, so I just was different in the sense that all the kids would always look at my legs. And when I was wearing shorts, they'd be like, what's all those, what, what's all those massive like craters of red splotches on your skin. And so it always made me feel insecure and something I've always suffered with, but in the last three years, so, 2000, I was 23. So I'm 26 now. So three years ago, it just got debilitating. Like my whole life, it's been manageable, but it got to the point where like I teach piano as well as teaching maths, but piano, it got really hard because my eczema was so bad. I could no longer reach the octave. So that's like eight notes and my fingers, like I can easily reach it. The thing is it was so disfigured and so wow. just destroyed that I couldn't stretch to reach the octave. And I was, I was struggling to reach. And all the kids would look at my fingers and say, wow, why is it so bad? Like, if I practice the piano as much as you, will my fingers get like that? Is that what I'm going to look like? I'm like, no, I've got a skin disorder. And it was terrible. I had to give up my work. And for a lot of those three years, I was just stuck in my bedroom, just lying in bed thinking, wow, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I don't know what's going to happen to me. And so I never was... Go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, I was never, I never believed that that could have been the rest of my life stuck in beds. I said, I had to find an answer. So what was the standard answer for your disease? Yeah. So the standard answer that I was always given to me for 20 plus years, visiting dermatologists and doctors, they said, steroid creams, we have to control this raging fire that's going all over your body. We need to suppress it with steroids. Your immune system is 
is overworking. It's attacking itself, mm-hmm. which um, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I don't believe that's what's happening. Um, as I've listened to a lot of your uh, podcasts with Ken Berry, and it, it, it starts, it's, it's inflammation. It's coming, from, it's coming from the gut. It's because of what you're eating. Your body's responding to what you're eating, and the doctors just didn't say this. They, they, uh, one of the dermatologists I was talking to said, there's no relation between eczema and eating. There's just no correlation. So, yeah. And at 13, I was really skeptical of that because I remember eating McDonald's and then saying, this is really inflaming me. Like there has to be a connection here. Even chlorine in the pools, like I'm itchy after I go in. Surely there's a correlation, doctor. And he would say, no, there's not. It's just, there's no studies. There's no studies that illustrate that. So I would say you're just imagining it. (laughs) Anyone else in your family have this eczema? I mean, we've seen pictures and we'll show some pictures of of your experience. Anyone else? Yeah, so my... My cousin has eczema, so it's a it's definitely a genetic thing because my cousin has it and my uncle has it on my mom's side. So it's it was not as severe as mine though. Like when I was young, I was already taking antibiotics and pregnisolone just to manage it. So it was always been it's always been really debilitating for me. And and you said you were nearly born with it, so it yeah. makes you think that even something in utero, when you were gestating in your mom's womb might have been sort of a start of the whole disease process yeah that's right i can't exactly say what caused it but you know there's there's a lot of factors from the diet that my mom's eating to you know i i'm not i don't know like maybe even the aluminium in vaccinations who who knows i don't don't think yeah 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 well we 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 often we most medicine i i teach at the medical school a little bit and and the answers are, I don't know. And mm. we just don't know because we're taught not to know the cause or dig deep into the why. We're just trained to know how do I treat your problem because I can give you a drug or a surgical procedure uh, and move you on your way. Mm. And and steroids are sort of our mainstay of reducing inflammation. And and so how did you do with those steroids overall and, and the drugs you were using? Well, the thing is, a lot of doctors discredit this term. Like we call it topical steroid withdrawal. So that's what I believe happened to me in the last three years. So it's just like when people are addicted to recreational drugs, like uh, heroin, if you will. If you take it, eventually you need a higher dose and a higher dose and a higher dose. And so that's exactly what happened to me with steroids. I was taking, started off in Australia, you call it Advantin and Diprazone, Elecon. It just gets worse and higher and higher in potency until my skin just couldn't take it anymore. And when I was 23, it just shut down and it stopped working. Even though I was applying steroids and controlling it, it just still was inflamed and it wasn't working. So I heard, this is the case. This, this steroids are not good in itself. It causes like cancer and, and Aladel, which I was using on my face, which basically inhibits calcinerin. It's a protein in the, in the face, uh, in the skin. So basically, if you, if they recommend not to take that for longer than a year. And I was taking this for 20 years plus. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. So it got to the point where it just stopped working. And I said, if this has serious side effects with cancer and all of these problems, lymphoma, I'm just going to, there's not, there's no point in taking it. It's not worth it. So I'm just going to go cold turkey. So that was around three years ago because it stopped working anyway. I was forced okay. into withdrawal. 
And then that was three years of just debilitating pain. And that's when I was bed bound. And I said, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Uh, I was just in a dark place. I was trying my best, but I never gave up hope. I was always looking for solutions. And so only seven months ago, I came across the carnivore diet. And now there's virtually no eczema on me. Like I wouldn't even wear t-shirts when I was young. I was always wearing long sleeves. I was always wearing pants. I was always wearing skivvies up to my neck to cover it. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm just a new person. <laughs> so, so how did you uh, find the carnivore way? And I'm just curious, what type of things were you doing when you stopped the steroids to get to, to be somewhat sane? Because I've seen mm -hmm. some of your your uh, videos and your your podcasts that you suffered uh, light therapy. Uh, uh, salt water, ocean water. Yeah, yeah. So the the salt water is something I adopted. Like I get, like the doctors didn't recommend that. I was looking for something that because you know doctors say there's no cure for eczema. So I said maybe there's no cure because there's no cure inside Western medicine, which is pretty much accurate given I've cured myself with the carnival diet. So I said, I was looking for things outside in alternative kind of medicine that could cure me. And I, in Melbourne, there's these things, there's these people that dive into the freezing water because Melbourne's right at the bottom of Australia. So it's kind of like New York being right at the top of America. It's, it's always cold really, even yeah. in summer. Right now it's summer and uh, just a few days ago, it was 12 degrees, uh, which is, I'm not sure how that converts to Fahrenheit, but in 12 degrees Celsius is, is cold. So even in summer, it's cold. So during winter, it's freezing in the water. And I was diving into the freezing water because I was hearing these stories of these people called ice uh, ice bath people, but they, they call themselves icebergers. And they jump into the freezing water. And there was a story of this guy who had nerve damage and couldn't walk properly. He walked into the water every morning after coming out, he would walk no, with no limp anymore, just walking completely normal wow. after coming out of the water. Wow. So I was thinking, this is powerful. Maybe there's a solution there for me. So that's why I adopted cold water therapy about a year ago, or September around 2021, more than a year. So I was, I was looking for solutions other than, other than Western medicine. And then seven months ago, I found the carnivore diet. So I was already trying a lot of things to try and get myself into health. Yeah. And, and and where did you first learn about the carnivore diet? And yeah. what did you think about it when you first heard about it? And what yes. got you to dive in? So I was at the gym and yeah, as I said, I was doing trying all these alternate therapies just to just to get into it, like before I uh, before I tell you how I found the carnivore diet, I was trying all wacky theories. Like I know Dr. McCullough talks about even things like e EMF poisoning. So I, I didn't know how true it was, but I was entertaining the idea that maybe the increase in radiation was what's causing me. So I causing this inflammation to get so bad as well, because like it wasn't just the steroids. It was steroids plus it was getting insanely bad so i thought that maybe if i reduced radiation exposure there might be some uh correlation there so i was willing to try it so dr mccullough sells these like uh emf shielding uh, around 
the bed, uh, the, the, like when you sleep, you can at least have eight hours of being in a Faraday cage, if you will, of complete yeah. And so that's what I tried. I ended up having contact dermatitis, which just became even worse. And I said, maybe that's because it's silver. So I tried it again with aluminium. No, still didn't work. I still had contact dermatitis. I go, throw that away. So then I was trying saunas. Saunas really work. I, I, I still use it today. Cold water therapy. I used those two in conjunction. Then I was at the gym and I was exercising like nonstop because I was trying to just get myself in peak fitness. If I'm itchy, rather than just scratch myself because, you know, when you're itchy, it's so hard to not resist the, the itch. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like a burning of, uh, what do you call it? Like sunburn or just like um, thousands of ants crawling over you. So instead of scratching, I'd, I, I chose to just go to the gym and just work out. So someone at the gym had eczema and he said to me, why don't you just try eating meat for 30 days? Just, just try it. 30 days, it's not going to kill you. Just see what happens. So I, I already tried all of these things that other people would deem crazy. Like people said to me, oh, you're desperate. You're trying EMF uh, shielding and then trying these ice baths. Like just stick to the Western medicine. Me Western, uh, Western medicine, sorry. People, the doctors are offering things like Dupixin, which is a immunosuppressive drug that suppresses interleukin. You could just take that and then your skin will be fine. You can eat whatever you like. You can do whatever you like and you'll be a new person. It's life-changing. But I was already really phased by medicine at that point because I already spent 20 years on steroids and Aladel and I was falling apart. And I felt, bit is the wrong word, but I just felt very skeptical because these doctors never even told me that Aladel was connected with cancer and the risk of lymphoma and to only use it for a year. And I was using it for 25 years wow. plus. So I, was, I really didn't know what Dupixent would what would happen to me if I just use this indefinitely, you know, and I have a friend who's using methotrexate, Michaela Peterson, who's also on the lion diet uses, used methotrexate in her past. So basically it's an immunosuppressant and my friend is just so inflamed in his face. And he says, you know, I'm not in pain anymore though, but like he looks inflamed and he looks unhealthy and the side effects of Dupixent, which is this biologic, which suppresses your immune system, it's everything from conjunctivitis. People have corneal damage, uh, um, the scratched like eyes. Uh, you've got inflammation everywhere, liver damage, kidney damage. It's just uh, sun, really enhanced sunburn when you go out into the sun. And I thought to myself, this is just a lot of people criticize Western medicine saying it's just like it's a, it's a mask. It's a Band-Aid. It doesn't address the root cause. It's just covering the symptoms. It's makeup. So I just, I just thought to myself, no, I don't want to try Dupixin. I want to heal it at the source. So I was already trying all these, these alternative medicine, uh, medicinal practices, which people said to me, you know, that's, you know, you just got to stick to Western medicine. There is no solution outside of Western medicine. All of mm -hmm. this is placebo, placebo. It's all just quackery. Don't entertain it. And so by the time he said, try the carnivore diet, I, I said, you know, I'll just give it a shot. I, I, have, I have nothing to lose, you know, and everything to gain. So that day, every single time I do, every time I try these new therapies, I don't just try it. I, I, I like to analyze it scientifically. So, I mean, my, I'm a musician, but my first degree was in mechanical engineering at 
at Melbourne University, and which is, you know, uh, <laughs> number one in Australia. Uh, it's it, it it. So I didn't want to just like go into these therapies and just try it. I really was analyze it scientifically because a lot of people were saying, "Brad, you're crazy. What are you doing? EMF carnivore diet." Just go on the drugs. Trust the doctors. You're not a doctor. Just try this. And again, 20 years of Western medicine, I believed it really failed me. Uh, it didn't heal me at all. I was getting worse. So mm -hmm. I, I analyzed it really thoroughly. I bought, I bought Paul Saladino's book, The Carnival Code. I bought Jordan Baker's book. Uh, uh, all of these different, oh, Dr. Gundry's book, The Plant Paradox. And it just really opened my eyes how like it, the dots started connecting because when I was young, I was already allergic to legumes. I was already allergic to uh, beans and, and nuts and a lot of these uh, vegetables. So I said, that makes sense if vegetables are actually something that's biologically evolved to harm you with the phytosterols and all of the uh, polyphenols and oxalates and all of that inside it. If that's its defense mechanism, that makes sense because I was already allergic to these things. I already found that when I had okra or Brussels sprouts or broccoli, I would be inflamed. So maybe that maybe this is something. Like maybe I'm just gonna entertain this. So seven months later on the carnivore diet, I've just yeah, just cured myself completely. And so, so tell, tell us a little tell us a little bit about what your diet is currently and uh what do your family members or your friends think about it and uh and your doctors yeah so my diet currently is mainly meat so just cow and lamb and i'm trying to get into the omad one meal a day because i find that when i eat late like around 10 p.m i i find it more difficult to sleep in the sense that I'm more itchy. But if I if I have my last meal around 7, 8 p.m. latest, then I'm not as itchy. And so at, at the same time, I'm also fasting from like 2 p.m. onwards. So I'm trying to minimize my window of eating from between 2 to 8, around that. So like six hours of just this window to eat. And so I'm, I'm trying two meals a day max, um, optimally the one meal a day diet. So what that uh, pertains is I'm eating cow and lamb and occasionally I allow myself to have some fruits that are keto friendly like avocado and coconut uh -huh. for electrolytes. But this is just recently. So for the, for the majority of the seven months, I was just on the lion diet. So now that I'm cured virtually i'm trying to reintroduce some select fruits that have so they have have the magnesium and the potassium and and uh the calcium in it so that i can not miss out on these electrolytes because yeah i know michaela peterson supplements those and so instead of using supplements i prefer to have it in the form of fruit are, so that's are you I mean. are you an organ meat person or do you stick with just the steak the burgers and those sort of things do you have any preferences? Oh, I love, uh, well, I tried uh, mince beef the other day and I had a huge reaction to it. So I try to avoid the processed meats and the reason for the mince beef reaction, I actually looked it up straight away because I can tell how sensitive my skin is. Uh, 
to foods. And the reason for that was there was, it turns out there's sulfur dioxide in minced beef that they use to preserve it. And so my body was intensely reacting to the sulfur dioxide. So as a preference, I try to stay away from anything processed like, uh, yeah, the burgers. I try to just buy, my preferences are like ribeye steaks, except of course they're expensive. Um, T-bones, uh, in Australia, we call it scotch fillets, uh, scotch fillet. Uh, so just, and organs as well. I love organs because they're cheap and they're highly nutritious, like yeah. full of vitamin A, folate and all of that. You said you're, you're, you're kind of looking for some supplements in the sense of uh, electrolytes. And do you, do you, are you feeling something that maybe is missing? Or do you think we kind of are listening to the stories that kind of maybe make us think we might be missing something? And so, yeah, that's a good question. It's, I think it's more founded from the stories. I, I think I was fine just eating meat but I'm just reintroducing these avocados and coconuts for electrolytes just in case, because I am aware that Michaela Peterson takes supplements and people on the line date take calcium and magnesium supplements. So instead of doing that, because I'm so sensitive, I'm, I'm just wary of taking something in the form of a tablet because I'm not sure exactly what's put in there to preserve it. I know like, even like the plastic that they contain the tablets in sometimes yeah. irritate Yep. So I just prefer to have it from a natural source of organic fruit. So, so it's probably, I don't need it. It's probably stemming from the stories, but uh, yeah. And, and, and um, I see that you do some avocado and some coconut sometimes. Are you having any reactions to those things or are you feeling pretty good and not noticing anything? Well, there was a period of time where I had virtually no eczema. So it's a tiny, tiny, um, remission there like on my fingers and that's due to me reintroducing small amounts of fruit like the avocado so i know as soon as i eliminate it completely i'll just return to prime health so i, I try not to eat it all the time like minimal like once or twice a week that's it and if if the eczema is coming back quite a lot like sometimes it does i just stick to meat for 30 days again and just do a strict line diet again so it's tolerable, but you're noticing if you're doing a little too much or it's yeah. coming back, you just go right back. And uh, that's, that's right, interesting yeah. because I, I uh, my daughter is allergic to avocados and bananas would become very sick and may mm. die. Um, I do wow. notice for myself, I get a little bit of arthritis coming back. Uh, that's where I have to kind of really watch it. I do French fries from time to time. And uh, a little bit of ice cream that I make and some even butter gives me a little bit of itchy throat from time to time. But I think we also have to, for each of us, sort of find the thing that, that we know has some adverse effects. But as long as it's small and we do it infrequently, we'll probably be fine. Yeah. It's like what uh, Paul Saladino talks about with... Uh, the benefits of vegetables. Like some people have obviously benefit of vegetables, but there's like a curve there of, of how much toxins you can take versus the benefits. And for me and, and many people who have immuno, uh, immunocompromised, there's just no benefit at all. Uh, so yeah, in small amounts, I do eat like avocado and these fruits, but yeah. 
And, and so tell us a little bit about your family and your friends, what they're thinking, they're seeing, and, and reaction they get from this guy. So now we just need to Yeah. I remember you said before you were talking about what my doctor, how, how my doctor reacted to me with my eczema. Like, I, I, and I actually went back to the doctors because I was keen to see what he'd think. So I brought Paul Saladino's book, The Carnival Code, in my bag. And I just said to him, because I hadn't seen him for about six months, and I said, have a look at my skin. I, I, it's, it's good, isn't it? And he said, yeah, it's good. Uh, what are you doing? It's, it's great what you do. It's, your skin looks great. What are you doing? And so I took out the book and I followed this. This is life-changing. And then straight away, his mood just changed. He, he looked at me and he said, you can't afford to follow these, you know, these people on the internet that are just writing about things that might not be true. You still have small amounts of eczema on your skin, so it's not completely cured. I still think you could uh, benefit from Depixent, uh, the biologic. So, yeah, he just was completely skeptical. And I said, ah, okay. I, that's why I, I don't really, I, I, for the most part, unless they're carnival orientated, I, I tend to avoid going back to general doctors these days just because unless, I, unless I'm taking blood tests, which I did recently, and the doctor was very alarmed because he said to me, your LDL levels are sky high. It's through the roof. Uh, it's like twice the amount it should be. Uh, you might have cirrhosis, like fatty liver, uh, which fortunately the carnivore diet actually cures fatty liver. So it's, uh, I'm not concerned about that, but I, of course I know the source and, uh, but he was very concerned. But in terms of my reactions from my parents and my friends, like my dad was going through this whole journey with me since I was young, like trying to cure me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just said, wow, it's been like 20 years of me trying to find medicines that can help you. And then in six to seven months, just by eliminating everything and just eating meat, you've managed to cure yourself. Like, amazing. Like, he thinks it's a miracle. Like, he just can't believe the state of how good my skin looks. Um, Other people have said to me, like some friends who are studying medicine, have said to me, I think what you're going through is placebo. I think what you're, you just think it's the carnival diet, but you know, the, you shouldn't, you shouldn't underestimate the power of, of the mind. So I obviously I disagree because there's, there's a wealth of evidence out there that proves the carnival diet is great for you. And, and I, there's 20 years of therapies I've tried. Um, and each time I went into it thinking that it would work for me. So there's no reason the placebo effect couldn't have worked for those 20 years of me trying those western medicines yeah 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 and suddenly you sound like you have a great mind and you're really driven to figure out the story and the why you said you have a degree in uh, mechanical engineering and and so you have a a scientific background analytical background um what what have you finally sort of given the answer of why you had these reactions Sorry, say again. What, what what do you espouse the cause of your eczema? Yeah, I today I'd say it's an intense sensitivity 
to most modern foods, which is everything from the seed oils to the sugars, refined sugars, the carbohydrates, gluten, everything. It's just I'm in, intensely sensitive to it all. I'd say that's the main cause. And you could go one step further and say, what's the cause of that sensitivity? To which I'm not sure. I was born that way from from the womb. And yeah. I, again, you can argue it could be many things, but who knows? Well, my, my sense is your reaction was eczema. Mm. Other people get asthma, mm. or migraines, or diabetes, or hypertension, or cancer, or stroke. Just a small amount of diseases, but all of them are allergies to plant sugars. Yeah. That's it. And imagine, so bacteria, yeast, and viruses, we know that they cause disease, correct? Mm -hmm. And there's something about them that elicits an inflammatory reaction, sometimes quickly, COVID virus for one. Mm. The sugar coating on the COVID virus causes the inflammation. Mm. So it's likely that the sugars that are in plants are inflammatory sugars. So all the bacteria, yeast, viruses, and plants contain their own sugar glycan layer that gets into our body and elicits an inflammatory reaction. And your DNA, your family history is a propensity to skin disorders probably versus others are cancers or hypertension or diabetes or all sorts of other diseases that we have a genetic predisposition. But all of us getting the same causes of a diseases, which essentially is a plant-based low animal fat diet. Mm. And you know, no one, do you know anyone that is allergic to red meat? No, I don't know anyone. Or, or I'll throw a chicken, not that I'm a fan of chicken or lamb or even pork. You know, if yeah. you've known anyone to have a skin rash or a asthma attack or an anaphylactic reaction, but there are people that will die to peanuts, seeds and nuts, fruits, vegetables, fish, shellfish. Right? Mm. Mm. But, but none of them that I've heard of from a ruminant. Mm. Yeah, interesting you say about chicken and pork, though. I know Michaela Peterson and myself, because of what the chicken and the pig are eating, it inflames my skin. Like I'm sure if I think it's the grains that the poor the pigs eating. So if it was fed more less grains and more just grass, I guess I wouldn't feel inflamed. But it's it's the content of of all of this grains in its fat stored that really inflames me. So I that's why I avoid chicken and pork as well. I know Michaela Peterson does the same. Well, a lot of the problem with the meats that we get are lean. There's no fat. And protein is fermentable in our gut where fat suppresses inflammation in our gut. So because we eat a lean meat, plant-based diet, there's a lot of fermentation in our gut, which leads to breakdown of the 
glycocalyx, which is the layer that protects us, and then we get a leaky gut. And all the mm-hmm. products of the plants and or the proteins from different animals in the right depends on what they're eating. Mm. A real pig, real chicken, doesn't eat greens. Yeah. They don't. They don't. And, mm. and European ham is supposed to be much better, and Iberian ham is, like, amazing if you haven't had it. And free-range chickens. And the same thing goes with cows. And, you know, if they're free-range and on uh, natural grasslands, which most are not today, that's our biggest problem. That's right. Yeah. That's why I always try to eat grass-fed beef because I'm I'm sure it's – I know Michaela Peterson doesn't eat grass-fed beef. She just eats normal grain-fed beef. But uh, I I I'm, I always opt for the the optimal athletic beef, if you will, uh, to try to eliminate all doubt of inflammation. Yeah. Now I watched a few of your videos. When did you start podcasting your story? I started as soon as I cured my. Eczema. So the, I've been doing videos when my eczema was terrible, but I never posted them because I didn't want to just release content into the world that's depressing that um, this is my state right now. I wanted to post it juxtaposed against me curing it. So in my mind, I I knew that I, it wasn't certain, but I I was so I had this I have this delusional quality about me where I where I didn't believe that I'd be like this forever. I knew that it, I would find something eventually and I would cure myself. So the moment I found it with the carnivore diet, I said, "Okay, now I can release this content." Uh, so that was about seven months ago. Oh, sorry, seven months ago I started. So that was about seven weeks into the carnivore diet. I posted my first video, which was two videos together one of me 100 days ago which i captioned it where i was just sitting in the sauna and really despondent and just just feeling terrible yeah and and trying to outline everything i was going through like how i couldn't sleep and i was in terrible pain and um how i just started the carnival diet at that point and then 100 days later being on it and virtually being cured and then people have commented on those videos saying wow your reaction like your your face you're smiling now and before it was just so heavy you could see how much pain you're in and how how awful you must the state of mind which obviously it was so yeah since which is about so seven months ago into like the hundred days of that carnival diet that's when i started so maybe five six months ago i started just talking about my journey and uploading it to Instagram purely to help people. Because when I was suffering, I was listening to podcasts from people who have eczema and it's just so therapeutic hearing other people going through the same suffering that you are and then saying that they've found a cure. Uh, A lot of them didn't talk about carnival diet. They talked about topical steroid withdrawal and how they, or no moisture therapy or all these other therapies that they're trying, but, it was just, it just gave so much hope to me every time I heard, heard someone cure themselves of their eczema. And so that's, as soon as I cured myself, I said, I have to give back in the same way that these people gave me hope. I really need to give 
this information to people who think, still think that meat is a carcinogen and gives you colon cancer or atherosclerosis. Like they need to have their minds switched and reprogrammed, if you will, that Ansel Keys is wrong and all the science is wrong. And and so essentially you began to share a story that was inspiring to others. And that was such a giving thing to do because I remember when I first saw your video six or seven months ago um, that I was just inspired by the damage you had Mm. and the healing you evolved and carnivore seems like just such a magical thing. It seems so out of um, kilter to, or, you know, off what we're told by Western medicine. That's right. So if, you, if you want to shout it out, I mean, I think for me, it's the same thing because I'm a Western doctor. Everything I suffer from, no doctor ever told me about it. Mm. I'm like, wow, why wouldn't they tell me that? My arthritis, psoriasis, kidney stones, migraines, valvulators, all caused by a plant-based diet. Yeah. And even there's evidence that, like spinach contains oxidants, causes kidney stones. That's an easy one. Mm. Yeah, there's even a chapter on that one in the Carnival Code where I think one of these fathers had a kidney stone and he said, I need to eat more spinach. And then it gets worse. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your music. And how has this journey helped your music and putting it out there? And I, I want to know a little bit about how you got into music and decided to be a musician and not an engineer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always loved maths and I've always, I've, I've always just had this curiosity to learn. And it's, it's been um, a blessing and a curse in a way because I've just stayed at university. I'm just collecting degrees at this point and getting massively in debt. (laughs) But I just, uh, I just love learning. Um, So I balance my music at the moment with, with academia. So at the moment, I'm learning music, commerce, and IT all at once, and trying to juggle the three. Um, So in terms of how the carnival diet has helped my music. Well, there was a whole period through that three years where obviously I just couldn't play the piano anymore. So yeah, yeah. there was a whole period of where I just thought to myself, I might have to reconsider music as not something I can do. Like I can still sing, I guess, because I'm not restricted in that way. I can still songwrite for other people. I can still direct. But instead of in terms of performing the piano, I might have to give this up. And even then, I mean, like a massive part of music is stage presence and and how you look, really. So I was going to the beach and when I was not wearing socks and just barefoot on the sand, there's people that would say things that I could hear, like I could hear someone just sitting there and they, oh, look at that, gross. And I could hear that and it didn't affect me in the sense that it, I mean, obviously it's going to tear you down and make you feel insecure, but I, I always had that delusional quality to me saying, this is not going to be me forever. I'm going to find a solution. I hate the fact that people are thinking I look disgusting right now. I'm going to find something, get me out of this. Cause this is not my life. There's no way I'm going to stay here. So I'd never made me uh, succumb into this 
despondency and depression, even though it was really obviously dark for those three years. Um, but I, I managed to, so with, in terms of music, I was thinking of even giving it up completely, uh, not just because I can't play the piano, but because performing is something that you're supposed to, you know, have a level of stage presence, which is, is, and the charisma is kind of generated from how you look at times. If you look terrible and you hate the way you look, you know, how can you feel confident on stage, which I was performing at these bars and clubs and people would be like coming up to me playing the piano, you know, Oh, I love music. And they'd come up, but instantly their smile would wane because they'd see my fingers and say, wow, what's wrong with your fingers? And that would overshadow my performance. And I said, this sucks. You know, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. So that's why I started coding because I love problem solving and mechanical engineering. That's why I did the whole degree in mechanical engineering because I I love problem solving, like which I've applied to myself in my eczema. So I thought maybe if I become a computer software engineer, I wouldn't have to see people. I could just stay behind (laughs) a computer and just sit in my room and, you know, um, that was I was thinking that as a as a pathway. If worst come like you know worst case scenario, I can't go out anymore, and I don't want to see people. I can just stay in my room because it's hard to sleep. It's hard to get out of bed. It was I couldn't move. I couldn't even turn my neck, and so wow. I I considered a way I can earn money and support myself is just maybe doing software engineering. So that's when I enrolled into that course. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm so grateful now that I don't have to be restricted to say software. I love it; it's enjoyable. But I don't have to stay in that career be- it, just because of eczema restricting me. I can have the option of being a performer again. So it's just given my whole life back. What would you say to you five, ten, fifteen years ago? Yeah, it's an interesting question because in some ways there's no way I could have discovered the carnivore diet had I not gone through the journey that I did. You know, it's like people only drastically change their diets and are willing to try things that the World Health Organization claim causes 14% increased risk of colon cancer and are willing to throw their lives in the sense of just testing it scientifically against all medical literature people are only willing to do that if they're already in a place where you're suffering so if i was to tell myself 10 15 years ago just eat more meat i wouldn't have believed myself yeah 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 yeah. so the only way i could have got there is through the suffering that i had and i feel the same way as a physician and someone and i know how I thought back then, I said, no, I don't believe you. Mm. And so maybe the story, the more people like yourself and other carnivores begin to register ourselves in a large carnivore bank of experience over the next 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, or 60 years, that's going to be the real game changer because we don't really know that many people that have spent that long of a time strictly carnivore. Mm-hmm. Exactly or, or right. Mostly carnivore. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to really begin to document in a way that on a, 
annual basis, you either get an exam, blood testing, or just how are you doing? How do you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a way, it's like Michaela Peterson, yourself, and by me practicing this and showing the results of, of black and white of how it used to be to how it is now, it invites people to take the step forward and try it and, and just not have that fear of trying something completely alien and new because we're kind of like taking the first steps and leading the way in that, in that sense where other people can no longer feel threatened by a new diet, which is going against all medical literature. I, I talk to medical students at least once or twice a week and residents, the residents will hear my story, the medical students have not, and some are completely, this is wrong. Most are just listening, but they're disbelieving. Really, Most even still? Mostly, wow. but, but because ultimately this story will not get them their medical degree. And they're there for a medical degree. So they have to pass the tests that's right. based on this information they're given. Mm. And so that's the biggest challenge in this process is that how do we continue the story? And there are more doctors that are coming on board in the carnival right. We're beginning to share it. You know, as the as the mass begins to grow, the the power of the masses will show, I think. Mm. And it's so insidious the way, I mean, it's not intentionally insidious. It's just insidious as a byproduct. I'm not sure why it's the case. I mean, maybe it's profits. Maybe it's, you know, you can't, maybe you can't profit off a diet, but you can profit off um, drugs. But I don't, I'm not saying that. I, I, who knows? But it, I'm saying it's insidious how the first step is to recommend drugs when it's not the first step to see what are you eating. Well, when I ask my patients, like I go through their complete history and then I ask them what they eat. Mm. And it's usually healthy, organic, variety, clean. And so, and then I ask them, no, what do you eat? Not what's your type of eating habit. And so then it's like, well, I have eggs, vegetables, chicken. Mm-hmm. And and there's a very minimal story that people even recall of what they ate. And it's kind of interesting because I, I think that yourself, myself, and most of us don't correlate our food with any disease. So why was it important to the doctor? Mm-hmm. And, and so we were taught that diet doesn't cause disease. Uh, unless you're eating red meat, then, then there's something there. Or eating junk food, which, which mm. I always ask people, what is junk food? Mm. And my sense is that all junk food is made from plants. Yeah. There's body by the difference between vegetables and pasta, pasta pizza, or, or, or bread. Doesn't, mm. doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. Well, a lot of people consider. Uh, cheese and butter to be junk food. Yes, yes. And and, and so uh, I noticed you did a podcast with a vegan. Vegan, was, yeah. I mean, that was brave of you. 
and mm -hmm. I haven't watched a lot. What was your sense of the interaction in that? It seemed very collegial, by the way, and I thought there was good respect on both sides. Was there an intent to, to share with, with the vegan about carnivore and the, the back and forth? What was, what was the intent and how do you think it was handled? He's a friend of mine. He's a musician that I work with and he's vegan, obviously, and I'm carnivore. And so we have these interesting conversations just off camera. So I really wanted to have that on camera so people could just see the the dipole between the two of us. And like in, in a sense, carnivore and vegan are really extremes, like the polar yeah, opposites. Yeah, yeah. So there's a wealth of knowledge between the two of us. So he's an expert in his vegan diet and and I've done a lot of research on the carnivore diet. So it's just sharing information to people in a way that they can choose what would they rather try in a sense and the pros and cons of both. So I was saying, I was criticizing his diet saying, 92% of all vegans are B12 deficient and that can lead to cardiac arrest. Is this a concern? He says, well, it is a concern, but I'm taking B12 supplements. And then I say things like, if, if you have to take supplements, why would you consider a vegan diet then the ideal diet if you have to take so many supplements just to remain alive versus a carnivore diet? I'm taking no supplements at all with the occasional avocado because I've just in case I'm being uh, influenced by a few stories, but really I managed to survive for seven months, just very limited fruit and just mainly on uh, meat. So if, if I can survive like that, why wouldn't that be more optimal than a vegan diet where you need so much supplements to support you? So it was just inviting questions like that into the discussion and then, of course, it progressed and he said, well, if everyone's eating meat, then there's going to be factory farms everywhere. And of course, that's not ethical. So I was recommending grass-fed and I was talking about Alan Savory, who's a biologist who went viral on, on a TED Talk saying that we actually can save the planet by having holistic regenerative agriculture because the grass needs the cows just as much as the cows need the grass and they eat the grass and it actually contributes to sequestering more carbon into yeah. the atmosphere, which yeah. causes carbon sinks, which is exactly what we need. Because if um, if if we want to take carbon dioxide out of out of the atmosphere, this is the way to do it through carbon sinks. And cows can offer that with regenerative well, I, agriculture. I enjoyed the conversation. I thought you both did an excellent job. And I always tell people. Both vegan, vegetarians, or all, all all food choices are welcome in the conversation, because that's what's really important for all of us to listen mm. and learn. Mm. If you feel great and you're not having a problem, mm. you gotta you gotta you know feel do it what's right for you. And but I think the sense of forcing children in mm. schools and trying to sort of force the world to be plant-based is misdirected. Mm -hmm. What's your sense? Well, there's definitely an imbalance. Like you can see, well, in Australia at least, you can see so much dissemination of vegan 
advertisements. Every billboard is like new plant-based burgers everywhere you see to support global warming. And as I said before about um, sequestering carbon into the soil, like there's no evidence that proves eating meat is going to exacerbate global warming if it's grass-fed. So if it's the right practice, it doesn't have to contribute to deforestation and global warming. But so opposing these billboards, spreading this almost pro propaganda, if you will, it's not, pro I don't want to say propaganda, but it's just this huge dissemination of veganism. There's like intense vilification of the carnivore diet and literally a non-existence in like Western medicine and just not being talked about at all. Like I was following this doctor in Australia in Sydney. His name's Dr. Paul Mason. He's a carnivore diet yeah. doctor. And he talks about this Sydney study uh, in where it talks about LDL levels and how it was suppressed. It, it was researched in the 1970s, but it only came out now in 2013. And the investigator said, why was it buried? Well, and then this is a quote, we didn't like the outcome of the study. <laughs> you see? So there's an active propagation and, and uh, like we there's like vegan diets are on a pedestal and it's being disseminated but the carnivore diet is just buried no one knows about it and everyone is skeptical because of the work of ansel keys so it, there just needs to be a balance there so people can realize what's happening i imagine that if we really look back in history that farming is an invention of humanity but natural free-range grazing animals are natural to the environment. Mm. And so we're not pushing for more and more factory farming for animals. Mm -hmm. we're, we're actually recommending more free-range grass-fed and regenerative agriculture. And if you think about it, agriculture is an industrial process tills the soil at the fertilizer and uses massive machines and now it's making using massive printing machines to print 3d meat which is wow. fake food right terrible um, yeah yeah hmm. so so how was all this inspired by music in yeah change or because you're a writer and, and a, a musician so so is there a little bit of like Neat, neat, neat. Yeah, I, ha <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't written any carnival songs just yet, but um, you know, I, I've, I've kept them quite separate to be honest. But with my music, I like to inspire people to think in a way that's different to how they usually think. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I have written songs in the past, um one of them called rise and it's just inspiring a new way of thinking. I'm encouraging people to throw away the, the preconceptions that they have and the way they might have been indoctrinated or brought up or programmed through years of schooling and just think about things in a new light because not just on, not just in meat. I mean, meat's a very beautiful 
uh, analogy for what's kind of happening in the world holistically, in a sense. I mean, there's there's information, there's there's a whole lot of benefits to meat, but it's being buried by misinformation, saying it's horrible for you, and that's that's there's that's kind of what may be happening in the world at large as well. There's so much misinformation. It's hard to communicate with one another. You know, you, everyone, like, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right or whatever. There's just such a detachment and there's such a, a, a dis, uh, you're not able to communicate with each other. There's like lack of communication. Just people can't reach each other. It just becomes this emotional debate when really it should remain scientific. If you know, we can think of so, so listen and learn from the ideas of science, and I, I get back to the idea that everything we eat is a foreign particle mm. that has the risk of causing an allergic reaction in our body. Everything, what we breathe, what we drink, and what we eat, even animals have the risk of producing some information. You said that some chicken or mm. pork, depending on mm. where it's raised, could affect you antigenically, inflammatory wise, right? Mm. And so viruses, bacteria, yeast, and plants are probably the most antigenic of everything we eat, meaning that they cause the most inflammation. Mm. And where Meat seems to have the least amount if it's eaten with the fat. Mm. If it's lean meat, it may have an adverse effect on you also. Yeah. Rabbit starvation, protein poisoning. But it is kind of ironic here. Terrible meat, it caused your eczema to go away and you not to require the drugs of the doctors. That is That's so right. That is so horrible. Meat. What a miserable, miserable meal it's created in your life because you can't get the drugs anymore, you can't visit the doctors, you can't be locked up and miserable. And look at you. Yeah, there's some people who say to me, yeah, your skin might be perfect, but what if the insides of you are just falling apart? Like your liver might be falling apart or your heart, you might be getting atherosclerosis. Like... To that of which I say, six months, seven months ago, there was a period of time where I was in and out of the hospital. Yeah. And at one point in time, it was so bad, which I said in this, these reels I've made, that my blood was just septic. It had sepsis developing because it was just so infected. My My body was falling apart and... I was restraining myself from going to the hospitals because I've been so many times and I know what they offer. They give me antibiotics, yeah. steroids, and it's the same thing. It cures me transiently for two weeks. After that two weeks is up, I'm back to normal. My eczema comes back twice as bad, twice as aggressive. Every single time I go on a journey of antibiotics and pregnancy alone, it's going to come back twice as bad, yeah. indefinitely worse every time I try it. So I don't want to like, I don't want to just, it's just like being 
like I say to my dad, it's just like being punched now once or twice tomorrow. Like I don't want to make it worse for myself yeah, in the point. future by going on these steroids for a transient solution that I get to like just have relief for two weeks. No, that's why I was avoiding going to the hospital. But the doctor eventually said to me, you know, when I went, because I felt like I was falling apart and dying. So I went into the hospital and he said, lucky you came in because if you didn't a week later, this is his words. You would have died. So, yeah, yeah I, I went on the steroids and I went on the antibiotics, but I, I said to myself, I can't rely on this. I need to find a solution. And not long after, that's when I discovered the carnivore diet. And from a young age, you suffer. How many people are suffering at young ages and they're just falling into the standard medical practice of its lifelong diseases, but many of them are dying. Are yeah. they dying of the disease directly or of suicide? Yeah. And we know that there's a lot of depression due to mm -hmm. chronic diseases. That's right. And so what's your dream in your future? What do you, what do you see how carnivores change it? What's your driving direction? Yeah. Well, just to touch on what you said about children and the diseases. I mean, if the statistics are accurate, they say one in five have autoimmune and it's increasing at a risk of three to nine percent per year and no one's asking the question why um so in terms of my future you know i was very influenced in my decisions based on my condition so i'm finishing a degree now in it as i said before i'm collecting degrees but cool, cool. i was i'm doing i did that because i thought it was my pathway because I thought I had, had nothing else to do. But now that I'm, I've really cured myself and I know people on the vegan side of things might say, you know, maybe you've cured yourself now, but who knows in five years time. But I, I think I'll be very, I think I'll be very healthy for 20 plus years longer. I know there's people in the eighties who are on the carnivore diet who have survived 20 years and there's Inuit tribes and so many tribes who just survive on meat. So in the future, given I have optimal health, I have my options of career given back to me. So the sky's the limit. I Now that I can go back into music, I one thing I do plan is to finish my music degree. But when I do finish my music degree, I just love, because I have this insatiable curiosity and I just love learning. I, I, <laughs> I'd love to curse myself with another degree and just explore a bit of biomedicine if I can get into it just because there's so many there's so many doctors who just recommend the wrong thing and just have just shown me an incorrect method of and just have poisoned me really uh, I like literally my I was forced into topical steroid withdrawal and I've just falling apart and they've they really offer not much solutions i know there's so many people with eczema who reach out to me online and they say you know there is no real hope for me left going to these doctors because they just give me the same steroids the same antibiotics the same creams and there's just no solution there and i'm just so miserable there's just nothing left for me but then i saw your story brad and finally, I feel like I can breathe again. And I, you've given me something I can aspire. I can, I have hope again, you know? So if 
I'm not even a doctor, you know. I these people are hanging on my every word, and I feel like I don't have, you know, the medical credence to even give them advice. But I'm. But having said that, I'm giving them more hope, and perhaps more valuable advice than actual doctors have, which is really shocking. And I've gone through the same 20 years of them recommending me the same things that just didn't work. So that's why I'm thinking once I finish these degrees, I, I would love to just, just try it, biomedicine for maybe three years and see where it leads cool. um, with the hope of perhaps, you know, in the future, I could be like one of these keto carnivore doctors, like the heroes that I see like yourself, Paul Mason, well, well, Paul Saladino. Well, well, the amazing part that I'm inspired by are people like yourself, and that's why I was really excited to be able to do this interview and listen and learn with you, because I've learned all of this not from doctors, but from people like you. And mm -hmm. I learned about paleo, keto, carnivore, not from doctors. Mm -hmm. And so I'm inspired by your story and other stories why mostly non-doctors that the world of health and wellness belongs to all of us. Social media is the new social medicine that you give your experience of how you heal something that's without a drug and without some crazy Eastern kind of sage, light, electromolecular something, right? Simple. Mm. Eat our truly natural ancestral nutrition and stop eating toxic plants. Mm -hmm. mm. It's, it's sort of the simplicity of it all. That's the crazy Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you thought, God, I wish you would ask me that? Then, if so, what's your answer? There's one thing that came up on my blood test. So basically my LDL levels were high, which is expected. And I wasn't worried about that because obviously the doctors couldn't reassure me that everything's fine, but I did sufficient research with Dr. Paul Mason. And he said, you know, to look at, look at your HDL levels and your triglyceride levels and see the ratio between the two to see if it's below one of which mine was 0 0.3. So I wasn't worried, but, uh, if I, I like, I like to be completely holistic and open online. So there was one thing that came up that I'm still doing research on, and it was my ALT and my AST levels of my liver and they were higher than normal. So one thing I'd like to ask you as, as, as a doctor is, uh, I'm, I'm working out 24 seven. And, uh, so I know that ALT levels can increase when you're, cause they get released by your muscles. So that's possibly a reason, but, uh, and I also have G6PD deficiency, which is this, uh, uh, this issue with my blood, uh, being hemolysized and anemia when I eat certain legumes and plants again. So, I, I always had a high liver enzyme ALT in the past, but it's still it's slightly elevated. I think it's fine, but I'm still doing research on it myself. So I was just curious what you thought of that. Plants, 
of any significance or frequency are deadly. Yeah. Honey, avocados, fruit, all of it. Mm. It all breaks down and goes to your liver. Mm. It all turns to sugar and sugar glycates. Glycation damages your cells. So if you damage your liver cells, that can affect your ALT and AST. Okay. And so I don't believe we get any significant minerals or vitamins from plants at all. We get them from meat, bone marrow, bone broth, fatty meat, organ meats. So that allergy that you suffer from, which causes eczema, can also do internal damage to the liver. That's right. And so the majority of our triglycerides and fats and cholesterol are made in the liver, mostly from plants. Mm -hmm. Interesting, we have no requirement to ever eat a plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I sell supplements, by the way, liver supplements, organ meat supplements, and some vegan prenatal supplements. Mm -hmm. I don't take any of them. Now, I do that because we wanted to make something that was clean and lower cost for those people who decide to use them. And when you realize in medicine, remember, I'm a doctor standard, I do many treatments and use medications that if many people would just go carnivore, they might never need them. But there are some values to some of these things, just like when you got in the hospital and almost died, had you not gotten these steroids and the antibiotics, you might have died at the time mm. because the meat might not have been fasting is like one of the most amazing things you can ever do. Yeah. Eliminate the source of damage. But the other thing, I, you know, if you're feeling fine, there's nothing to test. Mm. There's no evidence that, that annual exams and preventive medicine prevent anything. We can't predict what that number means to you in the sense of a heart attack or stroke or anything else. Individually, we could say as a population or greater risk, but not individually very well. So I don't check my cholesterol because I have high cholesterol. Mm. And if you look at lipid luminosity, the clot thickens, and why fatty cholesterol do not cause heart disease. Three really mm. good books. Funny. Yeah. Oh, I literally just bought that today. <laughs> oh, the best. That I'm listening to that one again. Malcolm Kendricks is amazing. He talks about the glycocalyx and why the glycocalyx is the most important cellular structure of our body. But, but I just don't think, you know, everyone's still talking about LDL cholesterol, even Dr. Mason and many others. And then they say, well, but if your ratio is this, you're fine. Mm. Well, all the science of it is wrong. Mm. Because they can't really predict your chance of a disease based on that. If you tell me your diet, I'll probably be able to tell you your risk better than anything. 
Yeah. That's, that's all you need, right? right. Mm -hmm. But even that, my grandmother lived 104. She smoked palm oil, drank Manhattan's, and she ate a Mediterranean Italian diet. Mm. So, so what, what things in medicine are we really good at predicting? We're not. We're not. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Mm. So, oh. so I stay away from doctors. Yeah. So what would you say about the ASD and the ALT? Would you say that they're higher because of the avocados? Perhaps? Well, it could be the damage was done and now it just takes time to heal because the liver does heal very nicely. So you have years of damage that you're noticing. It. And yes, see, avocado is likely a poisonous fruit. Yeah. But remember, your eczema told you what you're really looking to. But the things that are under the surface, I call it silent sickness, mm. where you don't know you're sick until you get a stroke, a heart attack, mm. um, or cancer diagnosis, or your eczema is certainly rampant, right? right? Mm -hmm. You don't know what's lurking below the surface. And so that's people say that about carnivore. Well, you just don't know what's coming. Mm. But, but I've never seen meat in the toilet. Have you? I've never seen a, sorry, in the toilet, a vegan. Meat, meat, oh, meat. meat right? A piece of meat in the toilet. Oh, yeah, stool, no. Right? No. Yeah. But you see plants, yeah. corn and other plant material, and fiber. Fiber goes to the colon, mm. and it feeds the bacteria and yeast. Mm -hmm. What does bacteria, yeast, and fiber make? Infection? Alcohol. Oh, alcohol. See, fiber is a complex sugar. Yeah. It's like in a ruminant's stomach, bacteria and yeast can break down complex carbs. Fiber. Mm. They break it down to simple sugars. The simple sugars are then converted to alcohol, glyceraldehydes, formaldehydes, methane, and gas. And so bloating, and then you feel hungover because you make alcohol in your gut. Mm. It's kind of it's really the simplicity of the story. That's why lean meat is deadly because the gut can also ferment proteins, amino acids, mm. but it cannot ferment fat. There you go. And so, ever notice butter never molds? Wow. It never goes bad, right? Yeah. But, but fish does. I don't really like fish. Mm. Vegetables and fruit go bad, right? Yeah. Very quickly, you wind up throwing away a lot of it, right? Yeah. But how often do you throw away meat? Not very often. Almost never, right? Yeah. Chicken and fish. You they get thrown out because they begin to smell quickly. Mm. But if you just left ribeye steak in your freezer, refrigerators, mm -hmm. dry ages, that's why red meat is the master meat. Is that crazy? Crazy. Yeah. It's so counterintuitive, but makes sense and ancestrally.
It, well, you're right. That it's, and, and from uh, Weston Price, who ran around the world and, and uh, went to Australia also, and the Aboriginals, you know, noticed that they were healthy until they ate flour, rice, sugar, and the modern products of an agricultural based world. Mm. Right, right. Anything you think is a crazy word. Anything, any things that you think I say that might be like that's wrong, or that doesn't make sense, kills. Mm. Oh, it has there been anything I've you've said? Yeah, yeah. Do you think it might? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was one thing actually. I was listening to you talking to Ken Berry, and you were saying something about exercise, saying that we shouldn't need to, I'm paraphrasing wrong, but you were saying that we don't need to exercise as much because we ancestrally, we didn't run at the gym after eating foods that we shouldn't, that are not good for us. So we'd just be running for the sake of capturing that massive uh, meal that we're going to eat, the cow or the buffalo, but we don't need to exercise as much, which is interesting because I, I exercise quite a lot, actually. And um, I would, as Paul Celadino says, he says that you need hermesis in the body, which vegetable gives you, but also give you the toxins associated with it. So by going into cold water therapy, cold water plunges and saunas and exercise, you can get the hermetic response that vegetables give you without the toxins. So I was just... Curious. Well, five things cause all disease. Glucose from sugar, plant sugars, plant antigens, plant chemicals, fermentation of plants, and excessive exercise. So if you use your car too much, more miles on it, does it last longer or shorter? It lasts shorter. It does. Okay, so do you know how many sports athletes can't do their athletic endeavors because they've injured themselves? That's right. There's many. I love Dr. Saladino, but he's on the beach surfing and selling mm-hmm. a product, correct? Yeah. And so we don't know what it's going to be like in five years, 10 years, or 20 years, do we? No. He's 40-something, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. You're 20-something. I'm 67 in one month. Now, I used to exercise like you. I could do 10 miles in a day on a run, XYZ, but eventually I had hip problems, knee problems, shoulder problems, back problems. Yeah. Okay, so so most people that live a long time, ask them how much exercise they did. Very interesting. They didn't do a lot. Okay, so remember, we're in a world of selling something, right? Right. And hormesis, that's theoretical. Correct? Yeah. It is. So, so, okay, why don't you use a little bit of heroin every day? Would you recommend it? Just a little bit. It's possible your body becomes... Uh, used to it, right? 
yeah. a function more normally, but I think the idea of excessive exercise is ill-driven. Be creative, play music, go for a walk, paint, draw, be creative in your studio. Human beings did not say, honey, I'm going to go for a run. You would have been taken down in Savannah by a lion. So exercise is incorrect. You see okay. these people like the liver king and other people like lifting excess amounts of weight, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, how many people get injured in the gym? Many people. Many people. Okay. Mm. How many people get injured in the pottery studios? Or the piano studios? Yeah. I do I do painting. I have a, I have a music studio. I, you know, so I don't get injured in those things. But if I'm on my run on my bike, I've been almost hit by a car, I've fallen off my bike, gone over my bike, right? Right. Mm. So, you know, even surfing, how many people drown surfing? Yeah, many people. Many people. And so we're in this world of I look good, do what I do, and you will be good. Mm. But that's not so true either. Mm. If, and again, it's excessive now, excessive exercise. Okay, I do 15 minutes on my bike every day, mm. and I do my light weights. Mm. I don't do anything heavy. I don't, I, I don't do any of that. Because mm. all I want to do is maintain my motion, a little stretching, warm my body up in the day, and um, keep a little tool. But... but I would say that excessive exercise is deadly for us. And one of my best friends died. He was a major exerciser. And I did it because it was plant-based diet. Now, just look at the number of people that are in the weightlifting business who dropped dead, or the excessive running or biking. Yeah, I heard a lot in running. Like a lot of people just have heart failure because of their heartbeat gets too low, I think. Well, uh, you, my bet is you have either electro uh, uh, cardio uh, cardiac arrest or the, the, the electrical impulse causes a an arrhythmia, or you throw a clot or something. But um, you know, Jim Fix, I think it was, you know, the ultimate book on running, drop stay running. And I've had so many people that I know drop dead exercise. Mm. How many women drop dead? Many. Really any, yeah. Right? And so, again, we're in the exercise world because you want to look good. Mm. Why? Why? Um, I guess uh, appearance, ego, insecurity. Reproduction. A reproduction, yeah. That is it. Every man, every woman always wants to be thinking about reproduction. Again, you know, we, I mean, we're eating the wrong diet today, so we're getting overweight and overweight and more unhealthy. But, but you know, we didn't live as long 50,000, 100,000 years ago, but we did not exercise. Mm. You did work, mm. right? I mean, we live in houses that are warmed. We don't have to cut wood. We don't have to go yeah. hunt our food. We don't have to grow our food. We don't, we don't do anything, right? right? Yeah. And we don't have to work to create our weapons to 
to, to protect us and build fortresses. So, you know, maybe there was some work there. But, but if you think about much of the domestic world over the last 10,000 years, it was dictated by dictators mm. that controlled the masses mm. to do grunt work, peasant work, slave work, soldier work, if that makes any sense. Mm. And so, you know, we're, we're encouraged to exercise in order to be skinny. In general, does exercise make you skinny? Well, as as Ken Berry was saying, when he was on, he was exercising. He didn't lose the weight until he started the carnivore diet. So, and I would say, not really, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, the majority of people are all. There's more people exercising today than ever before. And so then, why are we? And they're all on a diet, right? Right. They're doing exercise and diet, and yet they're gaining weight. So something's wrong. And they're all going to the doctor for back aches. You know how many knee surgeries are done, or hip surgeries are done to replace a knee and a hip today? Yeah. It's massive. And so I just, and I know Ken Berry doesn't, he just work around his farms, his farms. Yeah. He's not exercising. But, but you know, if he tries to cut a tree down or lift a tree that is excessive, he can kill himself. Yeah. Agree? Yeah. So, so have you heard of Dave Goggins? He's uh, one of the pub, uh, inspirational speakers and he just runs so much that he, uh, he his meniscus on his leg had to be uh, cut out. And then the uh, surgeon couldn't believe how in, intensely solid and dense that meniscus was. And he just runs to the point of like obsession. Um, but like that's he's he's a public speaker and he inspires people with his drive and um but i'm just sort of bringing him up because it's interesting how different an approach he adopts but i agree with you in a sense like i don't work out to i mean i work out because i'm itchy but when i'm not itchy i don't feel like working out at all well in the in the scheme of the universe playing your piano and writing music or running which one will get you more creative in life? My music. Your music, writing, reading. Mm. Uh, exercise in general is a waste of time. Mm. Okay? I mean, I put maybe 30 minutes in, but it's light stuff. I get up early, but I'm always listening to a book or I'm reading a paper on science that I enjoy. Mm. So mm -hmm. there's never a time that I'm exercising and, and not doing something else. But when I use the word exercise, I don't do anything like crazy. I don't try to get my heart rate way up, you know, 30 seconds of this and then slow it down. It's just like, it will wear you down. But, you know, we're not all meant to look like Sean Baker or Anthony Chafee or Saladino, <laughs> right? You know, and again, they all look wonderful, but that's, un I don't want to use the word unrealistic. It's, it's just for what end for most people. Mm. And me personally, I wouldn't want to get to that size. I, I like looking lean and 
the way I look now. And, and, and you look and feel good. But but it is, again, in, in David Goggins, uh, he's an inspirational speaker to, to inspire us. But ultimately, it, you spent all day doing that. Mm. You know, that's his day job, right? Mm. To, to do that. Inspire people. It's yeah. correct, right? Right. You know, to, to watch him and listen to him gets you inspired to do something, right? That's right. Yeah. And and the same thing comes with music, right? You listen, you watch, and then you get inspired by a story of what you can do. That's what we need every day. That's why I read the Bible or I, I'm inspired by some book that is there or someone that's Bob Proctor or Tony Robbins, I've been told. Brad, uh, Bradley Marshall, and, you know, <laughs> you're watching people that are inspirational. That's why I love these podcasts. I may be taking too much of your time here, and I apologize. No, it's fine. I'm, I, I was thinking the same about you, but I'm, I'm happy to talk indefinitely. But uh, yeah. Well, well, well I, I'm this enjoying is really it. Important because I'm 67 in a month. You're 26. 26 today. Yeah, I'm 27 in July. Yeah, 27 in July, so I'm 40 years older, more 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 experience, not better, just more life experience. That's all. I've had plenty of problems, plenty of sicknesses, XYZs. But I think that's the beauty of these conversations is you know what should we spend our time doing? Well, whatever you want to spend your time doing is what you should spend your time doing. If you yeah. want to be a massive exerciser or a, 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 a gold medalist in the Olympics or something, then you should go do it because your DNA is driven to be everything and anything. There's no one smarter than you or I. There's no one less smart than you and I because we all have the same capability. Mm. It's built in our DNA. It's a great sentiment. It, it reflects upon what you were saying with Dr. Ken Berry in one of his podcasts. He talked about, you know, we breathe all the time. You don't measure how much we should be breathing. And same thing goes with water intake. Like who says we should take two liters? You drink when you're thirsty. Who yeah. says we should exercise this amount of time in the similar vein? We should just exercise when we need to, or we need to hunt that animal, or we need to do this thing. Then we're exercising in the process. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm learning something from everyone, by the way. Even Dr. Saladino, I, I really enjoy. And, and I love the, the podcast you did with your friend, the vegan. And I, what, what is his name? Oh, his name's Noah Raz. Noah Amazing Raz. Uh, saxophonist as well. Well, and I was listening to him on the saxophone, I think, someplace. Or was that you on the saxophone? No, no, he, he was playing the saxophone and I was playing the keys. So okay. A video. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. It's really great. But, you know, I admire the beauty is whether you're a vegan, vegetarian, Mediterranean, pescatarian, carnivore, be you. That's what this whole journey is about. Mm -hmm. And don't be kilts and don't be uh, Marshall and don't be, you know, be you. But we're learning things. I'm like, wow, I'd really love to do that or learn that or do more of that. Because that's what life is about. And lifelong learning, every degree, my daughter has three degrees and she's thinking about another degree. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so lifelong learning is the key. At 55, I learned how to fly an airplane. At 60, yeah. I learned how to fly a jet. And uh, where am I going to go? It's, you know, it's, it's, I, that's, and I, I'm doing more of this 
in my mid-60s, I love putting this content out because of everything I could leave as a legacy. Mm. It's giving someone the information that they can learn by just talking to Bradley and Rob. And we can share something out there that is healing for so many people that young Bradley or young Robert, I, know I was dyslexic and I had migraines and I had bowel problems since I was a kid. I did all the excellent psoriasis later in life. But, you know, had I had my parents known about carnivore, it would, it would have been different. Now, I'm not wishing it was different because everything I learned from my experiences like are so valuable. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's something else that we're going to teach on this journey. And uh, I've, I've got to practice my guitar and, and uh, music for sure. <laughs> we got did, you say, did you say you played the guitar at the start? I think you said you did. Yeah, I, I, I play the guitar and I used to play a lot more. And probably the last five years I haven't played as much. But uh, on my morning 5 a.m. I used to pick up my, my guitar and my uh, um, uh, what is it? It's uh, I can't remember what it is. It'll come to me. What's one of the famous guitars? Uh, strings, but, uh, acoustic. It'll come to me. But uh, yeah, I love to play. I got my two, my my five chords, and and and, and occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll sing a tune. Yeah, that's all you need. I think Elvis said he only knew three chords. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, but that, that's the beauty of it. But then I, I did play the piano for a little bit. and I, I took lessons as a child, but I never loved it. I just never loved reading music. And it's because I was ADHD, no CD. I didn't really like to read anything, but I loved to play outside. But I was good at math. Mm. And that's kind of what led me to science and medicine. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the exciting part uh, that, and I, and I kind of feel like a kid in a candy store now in these conversations of- As do I. Yeah, right, right, right. You, you feel, again, I feel 20, I feel 16 most of the time. And you know, my body's never felt better. I don't have any back pain anymore. My joints don't hurt anymore. I had a little bit of a tendonitis a few, like a month or two ago, it's gone. You know, these things are going to crop up from time to time because carnivore doesn't mean you're not going to get diseases and die. Mm. Right? right? Yeah. You're still but, it, but it's better than any other diets. And I'm not, not even remaining, like, there's a tendency to be ideological, say, like the vegan or the carnivore, but I'm just doing it because it works. If yeah. it didn't work tomorrow, I'd stop it instantly. And I wouldn't, you know, be proud about that and stay on carnivore. No, I'm doing it because it really works. I really appreciate you, you sharing your time and we're going to keep following you on uh, at Bradley Marshall official, official. Yeah. Instagram and we can listen to your music. We can listen to your, your blogging on, uh, on carnivore and uh, how carnivore healed your eczema and uh, any other places we should be looking out for you. Well, that's my main one. I, I love Instagram's platform, so I, I use that the most. But I put my stuff on YouTube and TikTok and Facebook, but it's I mainly use the Instagram. So if you like to keep up to date with me, that's where you'll find me. 
Yeah, I kind of like the Instagram more than anything, but we're kind of every place else. But people said, I tried to get you on this. I said, I never go there. But someone else does, thankfully, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. But uh, yeah. again, uh, Bradley, thank you so much for thank you. sharing. It's been a pleasure. It, it's really great. I look forward to doing some more of this. So if you have any other ideas, um, love to you know be on your side uh, uh, to talk about stuff uh, in Australia. Uh, to your, uh, and, but again, all over the globe, I see you're everywhere. And that's weird. Do you travel for your music? I have traveled in the past. Yes, I've traveled to America a few times. And, uh, but they're just, I mean, one, the biggest I got was I performed at uh, uh, Universal Studios in Disneyland, but usually, you know, just local gigs around places. Yeah. Well, so we'll keep an eye on you traveling and listening to music and talking about uh, your inspiration. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. you know, Such food. an amazing conversation. As as you said perfectly, like I feel like a kid in a candy store talking about intellectual discussions like this. This is why I love podcasts, just talking about ideas and talking about things that people don't talk about and maybe they should think about, you know. And there's just such an endless... And I'm a little curious. Uh, who was the guy that the regenerative, uh, um, uh, the regenerative agriculture guy that uh, did the TEDx talk? Because I oh, think I watched that one. Yeah, it's awesome. His name is Alan Savory. He's a biologist. Alan Amazing. Yeah. Savory. Savory. Yeah. It could be. It could be Savory. Sorry, Alan Savory or Alan. And it's a TEDx. And what was it on? It was well. It's just on YouTube. But but it was on, on. Oh, it was it was on uh, regenerative agriculture. So fascinating story. Basically, okay. he was trying to eliminate all of the animals from Africa, and he killed forty thousand elephants in the process, thinking that the desert desertification was caused by them. But he was wrong, and he admits, you know, now he's advocating his life toward spreading the right information which is actually we need animals on the land which you know so many vegans are criticizing cows are the cause of global warming and de deforestation when really desertification is caused by the absence of these animals not the animals themselves so very good ted talk i recommend yeah and when we see i recently they uh, over the last 10 20 years they've repopulated yellowstone with wolves Wow. Well, the wolves have helped keep the elk down. The the reduction of the elk uh, herd has helped uh, the growing of many grasses in different areas that were critical for other animals. Uh, and so many other species are coming back. So I think, you know, this is where, you know, if, if you've traveled, I'm, I'm sure it's the same way in Australia, but in America, you travel and all you see are farming, 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 that used to be natural regenerative uh, grasslands for the, the, the herds of buffalo or elk or other animals, along with the wolves and the birds and, and the other animals that are critical to our environment so you know we're blaming there's a blame of the cows mm. but, but it's humans yeah monocropped agriculture which is a lot of vegan foods are responsible for you see it's just one thing for miles and miles and miles which causes a lack of diversity of the food and so it causes the destruction of the land, which has caused hundreds of thousands of acres in America alone to be fallow. Nothing's going to repair that. Yeah. Only 
cattle can rehabilitate the land fast yes. to actually repair that. So cows, again, the savior. I, I, and I, I'm going on a little bit longer. And I, again, I think this is important, but uh, a, a, uh, the Hittites, I think 6,000 or I don't can't remember how long ago, this amazing uh, culture gone. Uh, and they believe because of drought, three years in a row, which basically meant they couldn't grow their crops because they become, became dependent on crops because in order to live in these large domestic, these large cities, we're dependent on the large crops of the world in order to feed them. And then if you have, you have a drought, but remember in the modern world, we now have, we have fertilizer made in an industrial plant. So I'm sure in the discussion of a vegan lifestyle, you can't grow the crops without the man-made fertilizer. Like a phosphate, yeah. Right? It's really bad, yeah. It, it's, it's just the, the spinning stories. And in, he talks about regenerative agriculture. There's a whole industry there that I recommend. Like there's a guy in North Dakota called Gabe Brown who has a regenerative agricultural farm. And he says there's been four years of real suffering like just like as an analogy of my suffering led me to the carnivore diet, his four years of suffering with drought and dealing with these glycophosphates not working led him to regenerative agriculture. So there's a really nice metaphor there. It's like the steroids of my skin caused my skin to, to find carnivore. But for him, the skin of the earth, the dirt, was being poisoned with the man-made glycophosphates. And how he, he uh, talks about uh, regenerative agriculture and how good that is and how we can't rely on these things poisoning the surface we need to just have holistic diverse uh plantations and then you can have the most rich beautiful crops that can be even so sustainable that we're even fixing global warming so it's there's a whole other industry there too that well, people should become aware of yeah i think that's critical i'm going to watch it and maybe our next conversation could be more on regenerative agriculture and uh ways of feeding uh, the world with ways that are more sustainable and and uh, do you eat this is an important question do you eat less food do you think now that you're carnivore well i used to have three meals a day and you said if you eat in the morning you have to eat right through the day so now i'm fasting in the morning so i well just in terms of actual food i'm eating less meals but in terms of as you say i'm not intermittent fasting i'm intermittent feasting because when yeah. i have that one or two meals i pig out i have like yeah. three yeah. four steaks <laughs> wow like but, i have like yeah four pounds of meat sometimes a day but you are 26 and you're doing a lot more exercise and i think the metabolism at your age because my i believe Again, I'm not running and exercise as much as I used to. That's probably one thing. But I do think our metabolism shifts and changes. I'm not in a reproductive mode anymore. Uh, that might have something to do with it. But but um, I, I think there's a tendency maybe to eat less on this or less frequently. And you're not throwing as much away. But uh, we can go on and on and on and on. But uh, all right. it's Let's see. You're in the middle of the morning, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's at 12.41 here. Okay, and it's 8.41 p.m. I go to bed at 9 p.m. to get up at 3 a.m. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, up at yeah. three, I do my bike, my weights, I read something, I listen to something, I do my cold shower, I go to work, um, doing some reading and inspiring. I'll be live at 5 a.m. U.S. Eastern time pretty much every day for an hour, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and um, and the Mighty Tribe. And I talk. Wow, that's amazing. Talk, talk this talk. And, that's amazing. Uh, you know, because we all need inspiration. Wow, that's fascinating. Amazing. I'd love to be just like half of what you do when I'm older. 67 years. But you know what? It goes so fast. And it's like, I'm 67. You know, it's kind of like 70. You know, but, but you look but, great. You look you look like Richard Gere still, so it's fine. Yeah, well, that's the, <laughs> but, but, but we all look like someone out there. But it is quite remarkable. One is... It's not meant to be a long life, but you want it to be an adventurous life. And you want to do like you're doing. You're adventuring on new things. You're learning new things. Lifelong learning. And and because we and that's why I think motivation like David Goggins is important or or Tony Robbins or Bob Proctor or Jesus Christ. Whatever your 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 adventure of in motivation is every day to instill something positive in your day. You want to do that. Mm. Same time, go to work. Yeah. Go to work and love the work. And if you don't love the work, love the work because you're going to learn something from every single job you'll ever have in life. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much again. Bradley, God bless you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. I look talk soon. Take care. All right, take care. Bye -bye. See you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Carnivore Conversations, hosted by me, Dr. Robert Kiltz. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening today. Check out drkilts.com for more and subscribe to our Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook for more inspiring content every day. Take care and see you next time.